The following program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk H3O and Odyssey Inc. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Enhancement Group, helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money. With your hosts, Bruce and Peg, whether your kids have post-secondary education in their future or you want to help your grandkids or maybe even something in between, Bruce and Peg can tell you what you need to know about affording it. Today, you can text us at 651-989-9226 with all your questions. And during the week, send in your questions on the phone, 888-6ADVICE, or by email, yourmoney at wealthenhancement.com. Here's Senior Vice President, Financial Advisor Peg Webb, and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Good morning, Bruce and Peg. Good morning. Hello, ladies. Uh, you were both missed last week, just so you know, but we uh, we got through uh, a show without you. Yeah, I heard that it was a really good show, Bruce. Well, you managed. I, you managed, Bruce. You and Steve managed. We had a really good guest, Rhonda Whitenack, from uh, the Social Security Administration, and she's she's Peg. She's no Peg Webb, but when it comes to just Social Security, she's pretty tough to beat. So we got through it. But I but I miss you both. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. So Peg, uh, Rashini gave us a nice lead in. Um, you know, it's that time of year. Uh, kids have done their school shopping. They're going back to school. Um, the, if, uh, if, if they're going maybe to college and still got COVID hanging over our head, and is it uh, real learning in person? Is it virtual learning? Are they masking? Are they not masking? And as we wrestle with all those questions, we want to talk a little bit about planning for education. Whatever, whatever path your kid is going to take, um, you should plan for it. It shouldn't just happen. Yeah, uh, we work with a lot of people on the just, just the cost of education in itself. And what's happened is is the cost is actually tripled in 20 years of time, which means that's about a 7% on average increase on public schools for 4 years and I that's just daunting to me. I just remember Bruce when I went, and I'm dating myself a little bit, it cost $3,000 for the whole year. And I was able to work a job in the summer and make that exact money uh, to pay for my education. So think about that today. When we, when we talk about $20,000, $25,000, there's no way a young person can make that, you know, in a summer to go to college. So that's just one of the daunting um statistics. But you're right, Bruce, we have to plan ahead and well ahead. And I actually encourage grandparents, because we work with a lot of grandparents and parents, that the minute that that child is born, to start thinking about how you're going to pay for higher education. And I'm not kidding. 
I mean, you need that entire time to compound your money in savings because of that inflation rate that I just talked about. You know, there's one way that you could possibly equal that cost by just investing some money early on and growing that money uh, to try to match that inflation. You know, a couple of things that you said I want to pick up on. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize, and you just said twenty or 25000 That that can actually be at the low end for a lot of schools. I know I've been through this reasonably recently. My youngest is 25 and has been out of school for a couple of years. But I know if he would have paid for the full price tag, it was a lot more than that. Now, he did get some... Uh, scholarship money we can talk about that at some point today i think but um so 20 to 25 if you're listening and that comes as a surprise to you that's probably on the low end of a lot of schools and peg i was also you, you reminded me when you said save as soon as that child is born can you believe this and i'm really proud of them and and they're really smart kids i've got young clients right now recently married that are putting away money for education they don't have children yet, but they anticipate they're going to. And they've started before the child is even born. So like negative five years old, right? right. <laughs> they're starting out that early. Um, what's interesting, too, and I don't know if this is a COVID-related thing, but some colleges are actually instituting tuition freezes, meaning that um, there is this government policy out there that is trying to make it more affordable for working in middle-class students and giving them access to college because it's just becoming so cost prohibitive. So I don't know if it's COVID related, but I don't think that's going to last forever. So if there's folks listening today and they want to, you know, kind of investigate, maybe that is a, uh, just a, a fluke, if you will, with a pandemic, that might be a, a good way to look at education, you know, at this point. But I think the greater thing is, is does your kid even want to go to college? Now, we talked about the, the child might not even be born yet, but when you get to the time frame of their life, do they want to go to college? And I think a lot of parents, and especially today, they just envision their kids going to college. And, um, and then they need to have kind of a real direct conversation with their child and nobody knows their kids better than the parents you know what direction do they want to go in but now bruce i have to tell you i feel so bad for these kids because now i think you know when i was 16 trying to decide where to go to college i thought i was an adult you know i mean i literally <laughs> felt like i had the world by the tail and i just knew everything about everything and this is what i wanted to do but uh, further down the line, I found out that that's more my personality, you know, than, um, you know, uh, taking some advice from people. So I actually just believe that if you have conversations early with your child, uh, you know, the cost is so daunting that maybe they are feeling behind the eight ball and where are they going to get the money and their parents, you know, kind of assumed maybe the kid can pay for it or get up, get loans and that kind of thing. But my point being is you just have to have these conversations early on. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't start too early. Um, what uh, what are some of the uh, things, tools that, that we use or that we recommend to people? Let's talk a little bit about 
I, I hope we've convinced everyone that this is something you need to think about in advance, plan for in advance, start funding in advance. Let's talk about some of the different ways that you might do it. Yeah, the most popular one is the five two nines, and they're they're popular. Um, they're actually issued by states, like so uh, where we reside, the state of Minnesota. They actually offer a five two nine, and then each state offers their own, but they are, um, you know, they are government kind of run. And the reason they're popular is because if indeed you deposit money into a 529 and you utilize it for education-related expenses, the growth on that 529 becomes tax-free. So you don't get a lot of things tax-free in this world anymore. So we try to educate our clients on using that as an option, and it's and that's something that Bruce, I think you probably were mentioning. You can open up a five two nine and name a beneficiary, and if you don't even have a child yet, you can name yourself as if you're going to go back to school. So there's not an age limit on it. It's just a tool of trying to save money for the longer term uh, for those college costs. Uh, another one that we don't talk about as much as we once did, and maybe we should be, but the so-called educational IRA or Coverdale. And I think the reason we stopped talking about it is it's such a small dollar amount that you're able to contribute. But on those plans, you can pick any investment you want, which is really advantageous. On the 529, you're very restricted to the choices of each individual state plan. So some people you know, might still want to look at, at Coverdale as an option. Yes, that uh, I don't use that a lot, Bruce, only because the limitations, uh, the dollars that you can put in are so small. It's something like $2,000 or something like that. So a lot of times people want to contribute uh, more. The other uh, maybe a good thing about a Coverdale is if you don't want to purchase the, the government-run plan, then you are able to buy individual securities in that plan. And so sometimes uh, people have their favorite company that they want to maybe buy some of their stock, and then they're able to do that within the Coverdale uh, plan. So the other thing with those plans is there's all sorts of uh, details and complexities that sometimes actually people don't necessarily want to use them because there's so many rules that you have to follow. And the rules um, or maybe the uh, preferences are how do you get the ability to access that money down the road? And is it better to have the parent purchase the 529? Is it better to have the grandparent purchase it? Is it better to have the individual child, you know, not as a a minor, but um, have their name on it? And so there are ways that you can get it uh, more tax-free, if you will, and, and not necessarily tax-free, but you know that uh, form that we had to fill out, that FAFSA form, uh, long ago for our kids, but that's the free application uh, federal for student aid, aid application. So you fill that out, and you actually has to have to list your resources as to how you're going to pay for college. So sometimes 529s can be uh, too daunting as far as uh, counting against getting some financial aid. So you segued really nicely into 
Okay, so we should save and invest ourselves for this to the extent that we can. And that's a big point that, that college is so expensive that to pay for the entire thing is not realistic for most people. So it's assisting. So you can use 529s, you can use Coverdales, and you, you can do other things too, but those are two that come to mind. But then you segued nicely in that we maybe don't have to pay the whole thing ourselves. There might be financial aid available. And I think, Peg, usually when people think about getting aid or assistance uh, for their students, um, they're thinking of need-based aid. But let's talk a little bit about how they might get aid and then uh, then talk about uh, loans and you know, other ways to help them. Yeah, there's lots of different ways that you can find money. Uh, one is starting with this application. And then also when you go to apply at the schools, you know, they're actually going to, to give maybe some merit-based or, or some money. Many people think that public schools are cheaper than private schools, but uh, often we've seen that when these children apply to a private school, they have a lot more aid, especially if the uh, child is, you know, gifted in the fact that they've, they're a good student and have high scores on the eligibility tests to get into uh, colleges. Um, the other thing that, that, that I know happens uh, when people think about financial aid, um, they think about need, and you fill out that form, like you said. But one of the things that I learned that I didn't really know, even though I was a financial advisor, until my kids went, went through the process, and I was very fortunate that uh, I had bright kids um, that got good grades and scored well on the on the tests and whatnot. But you can get help. They call it merit-based help. So if you're a good student, colleges want you to attend their school, and you've got some leverage, and the price tag is not fixed. It's you can you can get more more aid if you're a good student. And and I I've told this story on here before. But it maybe bears repeating, and then you can jump in on it too, Peg. But um, I, I know for my my second born, my son, we actually hired a educational consultant. Now they did a couple of different things. They helped him focus on schools that were appropriate for him, and that was valuable because they found some schools that probably would not have ever been on his radar just based on his own due diligence or his own research. But then number two, when he found the school that he wanted, he got his financial aid offer. They helped him write what's called a letter of appeal, where you basically say, hey, I would like more, and he got a lot more. So our consultant paid their fee many times over just by getting him more merit-based need. It wasn't or merit-based aid. It wasn't need-based. We weren't going to qualify on need-based, but both my kids were eligible for some merit-based money. Yeah, and, and, and I want to go back to that um, 529 and, and how to utilize that. You know, we work a lot with the grandparents, and there actually was a new rule this year uh, that went into effect because it was hard to use utilize the grandparents' gifted 529s for children because it actually would cost the child 50% of the gift against their financial aid. So we're going back again to the merit and the uh, FAFSA and filling out the forms. Well, 
when they ask you how you're going to pay for it, if it says a gift from a 529 from a grandparent, that was a 50% uh, deduction off of that um, uh, need base. And so just recently, and I mean this year, they've actually just changed the rules for grandparents. What we would always encourage the grandparents to do is because the FAFSA is kind of similar to Medicare in the fact that your costs are determined by your tax return two years earlier, the same with the FAFSA form. So we would always encourage the grandparents to gift for the junior and senior year of college because that way it wouldn't show up on that FAFSA form. But now there's a new rule that says that the grandparents get the reprieve um, and the kid doesn't have to count it to the degree that they used to. So I just wanted to get that out there, Bruce, because it's brand new off the press. Yeah, and thank you for knowing that or remembering that. And once you said it, it, it struck a nerve with me. Um, so we've got a few minutes left before break. I, I, I guess I just want to say, and then I'm going to check with Rashini and see if we have any questions, any texts yet. But I, I think one of the main takeaways, Peg, for people is, And I I meant to say this earlier, and it it skipped past me, but when you look at the cost of college and you look at the rising cost, you mentioned like the average is increasing by about 7% a year. That's a huge number. I mean, and and I think sometimes people can look at it, and it seems so daunting or or totally overwhelming that they kind of shrug their shoulders and shake their head in frustration and go, What's the point? And they don't do anything. And that that's absolutely the wrong thing to do. You, you do what you can, and you don't feel guilty about it. But, yeah, most people are not going to be able to pay the whole thing, but, but you're able to help. And there's and there's good things that you can do um, to, to help pay for it and, and get some uh, some some aid and, 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 and help in, in this. And don't just you know, shrug your shoulders and say, there's nothing I can do. You do whatever you can. Yeah, and I think, Bruce, it goes back to the reasons to go to college, right? Because statistically, uh, the the child's probably going to earn more money in the future. Um, there's other things like breaking out of their shell, like just bridging between childhood and adulthood. You, you get a lot out of that. You gain a ton more skills, and you find direction in life. So I, I, I think those are all positive things. And when you're talking about should you go, shouldn't you go, it's more beyond just the education in a textbook. Rashini, do we have any questions? Yes, yet? yes, we have some texts coming in. So let's try to get to at least one or two before our break. And to remind you, you can text Peg and Bruce with your questions today, 651-989-9226. This person says, College costs seem to go unchecked. Can one find a source to check financials of an institution? Ah, so looking into the profit or loss or you know financial statement of the college pick. I don't know. I've I've actually never had that question. I I I suppose that the uh, same people that you work with within the college institution to visit, you know, when you go visit a college. You could inquire with those people. I'm sure that they would uh, check into it and get the financials if indeed they're public. Yeah, I think a public school that that information is public, but I don't know that you can tell by that whether or not the pricing is fair. You could pull that information or find that information, but the reality is is that I think all colleges, public and private, as a business model, would not operate profitably 
if not for help from, you know, uh, donors, um, alumni, uh, the government, the, the, the business model itself, they're, they're good. They're set up to lose money. Um, so uh, the, that's part of the reason why costs have risen so fast. And we've been talking about inflation the last couple of weeks, and we thought it was horrible if it, you know, went above 3%. Again, think about education. When we talk about inflation on a big level, we're usually talking about consumer price index, which is a random sampling of goods and services. But if you look at education and health care, the cost of those have increased way more than, than most of the things that are used under, under the, the CPI. All right. Well, here's a really nice text. This person says, texting to just give wealth enhancement a big thumbs up. Last week, Preston from the Peg Web team provided me some family financial advice, not completely specific to my relationship with them. And it was very much appreciated. Really points to the value of wealth enhancement. And I am not getting paid for this endorsement, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I love that. On your team. Yes, Preston is a senior VP uh, financial advisor on the Web Koenig. It's Preston Koenig, Web Koenig team. And kudos to Preston. He does such a great job. Oh, Preston, I misheard. That's not the name I heard. Yeah, Preston is really smart and really awesome. Uh, Rasheen, we must be about due for a break. Yes, we are coming up on the break, so let me remind people of the number to text us today, 651-989-9226. We do have some texts coming in on both the college topic and some other things, which I'm sure Peg and Bruce would be very happy to answer. But a reminder, we are talking about affording education, whether you're choosing private or public or something else. Uh, money is needed to get yourself that next level. And Peg and Bruce have a lot of good advice today. Uh, we also have some questions coming in about just savings and the, the time horizon for saving for some of these big expenses when your money returns. This program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Wealth Enhancement Group, helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money. You're back on your money. Rashini Rajkumar here. Your host, Peg and Bruce, are walking you through questions about financing education, whether you're doing it and helping your kids or young people are paying for college themselves like Peg did uh, back in the day. So we are taking your questions, 651 989 Nine two two six. All right. Here's a question again for all of you. They're wondering where your locations are, Peg and Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, do you know all fifty-one offices? No, I don't. Is there a list somewhere they were saying they can't find the directory? Uh, well, if you go to wealthenhancement.com. And, uh, and and you can look there on the headings, and it'll say offices, and then it'll list all the offices. Or even if you uh, look under 
resources and uh, put in the search engine that you're looking for how many offices and where they are located, uh, you'll be able to find that list. It's just that there's so many right now. We actually have offices. Uh, we're acquiring uh, lots of practices right now from East Coast to West Coast. And I get this question a lot, Rashini, about why are we doing that? And we're doing that because we're uh, acquiring some really uh, great practices that have existed for 20 plus years with lots of talent. And we talk a lot about our roundtable, and our roundtable has to do with all the facets of comprehensive planning. And think about it, these acquisitions that we're making, uh, we're adding people to all those disciplines of planning groups that we have, which are financial planning, uh, comprehensive planning, tax planning, estate planning, um, just all those components of planning. And so this acquisition that acquisitions that we're doing are adding to the roundtable and adding depth uh, to our company, which in turn helps my clients tremendously because I get to use those resources, uh, which I directly then uh, coach my clients uh, better each and every day. Well, Peg, congratulations to you and Wealth Enhancement Group on this. This is exciting. And we know you have a very big brain, but we do not expect you to have memorized all 51 and counting locations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Really quickly, um, yeah, I, I used to be able to do it from memory, and, and I don't know where the texter was texting from, but uh, the, the home base is still in Minnesota, and in Minnesota in the metro area, we have offices in Plymouth, uh, Peg is in Burnsville, I'm in Eden Prairie, then we have an office uh, in Woodbury, and then, uh, Peg, what's the northern metro? What uh, is that Arden Hills, I think? Arden Hills, yes. And yep. I'm on the website right now, and there actually is a heading called Locations. And then if you hit on Locations, then you're going to get all of the offices in every single state listed. Yeah, right. so I think I, I think we're I, I think we're up to fifty one offices in seventeen states. We employ about seven hundred and fifty people now, and we've got over two hundred and thirty advisors now. So yeah, I, I used to be able to do that off the top of my head, but I can't do that anymore. But uh, um, I appreciate the the texture wanting to know where to go. We always say if you can listen to the radio show, there's probably an office. Uh, near you somewhere so um so it's on the website big you can find it there well, very right? that it's very yeah. exciting congratulations to both of you and your teams all right here's Thank a you. fun one can you please explain what options i have slash penalties to expect as uh earnings are above one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars this year for a roth ira uh it looks like this person's getting some sort of a bonus they hadn't expected so what should they do about that roth Hey, Peg, this is, I actually meant to go here earlier when we were talking uh, Coverdale or Educational IRA. One of the other disadvantages of that is there's a phase-out, that if your income is too high or you make too much money, you can't participate. And I think there is no income limit on 529 plans, but then also when you get into traditional or Roth IRA, there's certain restrictions as well. Talk about that, because I think a lot of people don't realize that there are these restrictions and where the line in the sand is being drawn. Yeah, so Roth IRAs are excellent in the fact that you take after-tax money 
And then if you indeed follow the rules, you get to take out that money tax-free, the growth. But to be able to deposit new deposits in each and every year, it's based on your income tax. And as a single uh, taxpayer or a, a married filing jointly, uh, single is actually hundred um, and married filing jointly is one hundred and ninety eight thousand, and then a uh, single person is one hundred and twenty five thousand. So that's where this uh, texture is coming from. Well, if you've already made deposits into your Roth IRA, you can do one of two things. You can code it for the next year. So right off the bat, you can just say, okay, I, I want to use that for my next year's um, Roth IRA. Or you can pull those uh, dollars out. But if you've had any earnings on those dollars, then they're going to be taxed and there'll be uh, a, a small penalty to pay uh, for putting those in. All right. Okay, this is a fun one. What are the host degrees and colleges they attended? How did they help in your careers? <laughs> you want to go first? Um, well, I, I would just probably just generalize. Uh, you know, the couple things that I said in the beginning, uh, you know, going to college was probably an experience of a lifetime. And what I mean by that is, yes, we got I got a good education, but what I did was I made some friendships and you know met a lot of new people in my life that are still in my life today. And you know, having those resources and networks uh, have helped in my career. Uh, and I do feel like I I became a different person because of just being on my own and um, and then basically deciding what direction I wanted to go uh, for the rest of my life. I actually, a little story, I went to college for interior design and uh, quickly as a freshman decided that I didn't actually like the class that was called textiles. And so I didn't wanna, I didn't care about polyester versus cotton. And so then my um, counselor said that I should, uh, I should actually go into finance and just get a business degree because even if I wanted to be an interior designer, I'd have to own my own business and know all that. Well, then it transitioned to financial advisor. Yeah, and for me, um, I'm a proud graduate of the University of Minnesota at Morris, and my degree is in education. And I taught for a year and realized I was a very bad teacher, not because I could not articulate a concept or a message or, you know, uh, uh, teach someone how to understand something in a way that, uh, that was digestible and relatable. I had that skill set, which is the same skill set or one of the skill sets you need as a financial advisor. My problem was whatever the skill is to control the classroom, I didn't have it. So while I have seen you know, ladies that are five feet tall and weigh 90 pounds, and you can hear a pin drop in their classroom. I was a college football player and thought I'd be physically intimidating, but kids know you can't physically beat them up. So whatever that skill set is, I didn't have it. My classroom, they can hug me by my feet and set me on fire. So I got recruited into the financial services industry in my early 20s. 
Um, and then over the years, of course, as you do, Peg, there's most of the education in this industry is not through college. It's through uh, different professional designations and whatnot. As they say, Bruce, and the rest was history. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right, we've got some 529 plan questions coming in. The first one, aren't 529 plans only good for schools in the state they're issued in? Two out of my three kids went to schools out of state. Yeah, actually, I can answer that one, Bruce. Uh, no, that that uh, the, the good news is is that 529s are universal, and they're and you are able to use those in. So let's just give an example. So if I bought my 529 uh, in the state of Minnesota, and it was you know government issued through the state, if I would like uh, to give it to a future grandchild of mine, and she or he went to Florida University, I would be able to use that 529 um, out 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 of state. And I think that's one of the real confusions with 529s is because when our clients come in and we educate them about 529s, we're looking at all the 529s universally issued by all the different states. And why do we do that? A couple reasons. One is uh, each state hires a money management firm to manage that money and uh, they're all different. And so we definitely look at the uh, management and the performance of how those dollars uh, would would historically have earned money. And then secondly, we do look at the uh, state that the client or the grandchild lives in because there's some benefits through the state, either a credit for making a deposit or an incentive uh, for for uh, applying, you know, to that particular state's 529. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use that uh, 529 in that state, but uh, a lot of the states, Bruce, are trying to encourage people to save earlier than later, uh, and so we, we do the research on that as well. All right, here's the other 529 question. So you've established a 529, but as your child grows, you realize they're not a book person, but are great at woodworking, food, maintenance, etc. Can that money be used for a Votex school instead? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. You can use it for community colleges, uh, trade schools, uh, seminaries, you can use it for, you know, books, supplies, equipment. Uh, they've actually expanded the usage, usage of uh, 529s. And so make sure that you uh, research that. But absolutely, you can use it for, um, you know, trade schools or, or any other. I think there, that's another misconception is that it has to be used for, you know, just higher education because now they've opened it up to um to uh you know k through 12 and for u- utilization there they do have some caps on what you can utilize per year on those kinds of things but um definitely it has the list has been broadened over the years Peg, my old joke there is is that uh when it used to be higher education higher education is really any post 
high school. But now, as you said, they've changed the rules. You can even use it there. But my old joke used to be um, the, the definition of higher education is very broad, and it includes a lot of things. It does not include beer and pizza, which I think it should at college, but it doesn't. But the, but the other reality, not, not trying to be funny, is I had a client in that situation set up a 529 for a grandchild, but they never used it. Well, 529, the, usually the person contributing is the owner of it, and the student that's going to use the money is the beneficiary. You can change that beneficiary. And so my client put themselves on there, and they went out and used, they got used the money tax-free to get a master gardener designation. So it is pretty liberal on how you can use that money in a 529. Bruce, that is fascinating. Uh, you've just given me some ideas. All right. So here's a testimonial slash confessional from a listener. Why don't people promote two-year and Votech colleges? You still get the college experience, make great friends, can still make a good living. I went to one now and am an electrician for 31 years, make a good living. There are so many other people out there who also would like something that costs a lot less. So I'm going to tack on a question to that testimonial. Thank you to the listener. So let's say you maybe see or don't see that your kid could be on this track to becoming an electrician or going to a Votech. How do you as a parent, what would you advise your clients to sort of start talking the finances on that at a much younger age with their children? Yeah, I'll go first. I don't really understand how this has happened, and I I, uh, I a thousand percent agree with the texter. Uh, why all of a sudden every kid has to go to college? And I somewhat, I don't know. Well, I won't say that. Like who I blame for that, but. I think they, that uh, you do have to have conversations about all the different opportunities in life. And I think parents uh, think, too, that maybe their children should all go to college. And, um, and I think that's something where, you know, w- when we went to college, that was truly a privilege. And to be able to afford to go. And I think um, as a parent, I'll speak for myself, you always want more for for your children than you had yourself. I mean, that's kind of just a driving factor, I think, in parents. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about a lot of my friends and a lot of my clients. I can just see how they want more for their children than they had. So I agree with you in that I wish they would shout from the mountaintops that it's okay to be an electrician. And look where we're at now, the trades there isn't enough people in the trades, and those are truly skilled people. Uh, and so I, I agree. We need to shout from the mountaintops more about uh, the trade schools. You know, I'm trying to talk a little less because I know my connection is bad today, and I'm letting uh, Peg, I'm trying to let you uh, carry the load, but i got to chime in here. I agree with everything, uh, the texture. I agree with everything you said, Peg. And, and, the, and the issue also is, and we haven't talked about this much today, we talked about, you know, investments, 529s, and we talked about uh, getting need-based or merit-based aid, but the reality is, is that most kids have to borrow money to get that four-year college degree, so they come out of college with this albatross of debt around their, you know, around their neck, and it's tough to launch kids today as adults, because imagine a 20-something-year-old their first job, they have, you know, car payment, rent payment, you know, the cost to live, 
and now you tack a big monthly student loan debt on that, and it's tough, and it's a, it's a it's a big economic issue for everyone, even if you don't have kids or your kids don't have debt, because it's going to there's a global ripple effect on this and what it's going to do to our economy with all this outstanding student loan debt out there. So it, it is a big deal. And yeah, if you can get a, there's nothing that says you have to go to a four-year college. There's a lot of other uh, paths that you can take to success in life. All right, Bruce and Peg, let's try to get in this one before we have to say goodbye. This listener says, I would like to avoid such big RMDs by doing Roth conversions up to the top of the 24% tax bracket. I don't have savings to pay the taxes, so they would need to be paid from my IRA. I know this is not ideal, but isn't it better than being in a higher tax bracket once RMDs hit? Yeah, I don't think a lot of listeners, they may not know that, that you can actually choose to pay your tax uh, from the IRA when you do a Roth conversion. And I would agree with a with a texter. Uh, it'd be nice to look at their entire situation, but um, also when you're do- thinking about doing a Roth conversion, uh, the texter was absolutely spot on. Is that it lessens those requirement the required minimum distributions at 72 years old. So there's all sorts of positives for doing Roth conversions. And um, if you have to pay the tax through your IRA, it's not the worst thing, uh, especially if you believe that maybe your income tax bracket is going to change, especially if it's going to increase over time. Bruce, do you have any final thoughts on that? No, uh, Peg nailed that one perfectly. Okay. Um, I guess what I would say here, we have a couple minutes left, but... Maybe we could just sort of summarize. You've given us so much good information when it comes to affording and helping your kids. And in some cases, you know, like Peg, I mean, there are many people out there that are self-supporting. They're not relying on parents. Maybe that's a good tip to give Peg uh, to those people out there who want to pay for their own education. What's your advice to them? Yeah, I think you have to do your homework. And and I was not one that wanted to do all the research. Um, I was actually privileged in that I had a sister that was one year older who did all the homework and then actually helped me with the homework to try to find the money, find the right school. But when it comes to college and when it comes to any kind of schooling, you want to plan ahead, you know, and I mean well ahead. And then you just want to be flexible about going to schools. You want to go research five or ten schools. Uh, lots of kids have a particular school in mind, and they, they're just headstrong on going there, but maybe financially it's not the best for the family. So the kids should actually keep an open mind. And then shop around, uh, decide whether you want to leave home, go a long ways. And then I do believe in the investment of the future, no matter how you get an education uh, for the long term. All right, really quick, Peg. This person says, can I have a Roth and traditional IRA at the same time? Well, you actually can in that um, if you don't necessarily invest in them in the same year. So you can actually hold Roths. You can hold IRAs. uh, There's all different types, but the contributions are where it matters. 
And we will remind people to go to wealthenhancement.com and look up the locations button that Peg mentioned earlier. During the week, you can email Peg and Bruce your money at wealthenhancement.com or leave a question on the phone line, 888-6-ADVICE. Meantime, make it a great week. The previous program was sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey, Inc.